Hi there, this is Alvin, and welcome to the Kickstart Commerce Podcast, where we share search marketing and domain investing strategies to help grow your business. In today's episode, our guest is none other than Sarah Mannix, CEO of Mannix Marketing, a digital marketing agency with one of the largest portfolios of tourism and city guides in upstate New York. Today, Sarah and I will discuss her journey into geodomain development, the development efforts of Albany.com, LakeGeorge.com, and Saratoga.com, to name a few. And last but not least, the keys to profitable geo domain development. So with that, Sarah, welcome, and thank you for making time to join us today. Thank you, Alvin. Thank you for having me. Certainly. So to kick things off, Sarah, let's briefly share with the listeners a bit about yourself, who you are, your professional and personal background. Okay, well, uh, I live in upstate New York, uh, probably obviously at this point, and uh, near Lake George and Saratoga Springs. Saratoga is a destination for horse racing, beautiful uh, destination year-round, and Lake George is uh, very popular with New York City, Boston, basically anybody within a 300-mile radius. I love uh, surfing, adventure sports, snowboarding, and I'm a mom of three, personally. And um, on a business side, I am a digital marketer. I started my business in 1996. I was working for a hotel in Lake George doing their website and uh, really interested in how I got the website found. How do you make this found in the search engine? Somebody saw that I could do it pretty well and started telling people about it and started really a, a web design and SEO business uh, back then. Nice. I mean, you are quite the quintessential woman then in terms of being outdoors. <laughs> of, uh, and, and you've seen quite a bit of the evolution of the internet as well as search marketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was really fortunate to be uh, where I was at the right time because the internet was just starting in 1996. The people told me it was a fad. I was crazy. The, the internet's not here to stay. And I kept saying, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's a fad. In five years, it's going to be completely replaced by something else. <laughs> so. Yeah. Interesting. So then, so, so how did you get introduced, I guess, into just domain investing and development? And do you consider yourself more of an investor or a, more of a developer? Oh, I'm a terrible investor. I have hundreds <laughs> of domain names that I have no idea how to get rid of um, that probably are valuable. And I've let really a lot of really valuable names go as well. Um, so I would definitely say I'm not an investor. Um, but I am, um, I'm definitely a domain developer. So uh, I got started because it, I, I realized uh, that uh, well, being in Lake George, all my clients were tourism related. And I wanted to go to St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands. So I started researching traveling to St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands. And I found some website called like stthomasvillas.com and all the information was in one place and I thought oh my goodness nice this is such a great idea we don't have anything like this for Lake George so I created this 
horrible, horrible website, Lake George, <laughs> New York, New, New York.com. It wasn't a pure geo and it was Sarah's guide to Lake George and it was instantly successful. Our clients all wanted to be listed on it and, um, and it, it, it did really well, but, um, there was another site, lakegeorge.com, owned by a guy who wanted the email address, and he put all the, the hotels on it for free. And when I looked at the Google Analytics, his site, which was not done well for SEO or for ranking, it had no content. It was just a list of hotels was doing 10 times better than my Lake George, New York site. Wow. So I, yeah, so I called the guy and I said, Hey, do you want to sell? He's like, sure. $5,000. And I said, Oh, great. So I like went back, <laughs> tried to work and get all my $5,000 together. Cause I'm a poor, you know, poor, I was just hoping to make $10 an hour back then. It was like my big goal, be a stay at home mom and make 10 bucks an hour. Um, it's like when I, by the time I got, but at the same time I was stupidly sending him business, you know, for a hundred dollars, a link clients. And by the time I went back to him with my $5,000, he said $25,000. Um, and then after that, yeah, I got my $25,000 together and he said $50,000. And then when I got the $50,000, he said, well, actually, I think the domain name is worth a million dollars. And this is like 2000 and, oh, you know, I, I think it would be worth a million someday, but it needs to be developed. It needs all this stuff. So we settled on, on a, 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 a sum that would send his kids to college and, um, and he owns half of it. Should I ever sell? So if I sell, he or his heirs get half of the domain name sale. So, so yeah, that is how that one started. And um, then I really kind of learned the difference between just any domain name and a pure geo domain name because it did 10 times better than the other sites. Wow. And so that was the, so what was the name of that first, that first site was, you said it was Lake George. Lake George, New York, all spelled out. I still have it, but we don't do anything with it. Ah, okay. (laughs) Yeah, and we own lakegeorge.com now, the Pure Geo. And um, that was kind of how I started. And then after getting that, um, I I was looking at Saratoga because I had a lot of clients in Saratoga. And uh, there was a tech company called saratoga.com. Uh, Saratoga Technologies, and he was out of Canada, and I chased him for years, <laughs> and I, I finally, he kept saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to sell you, I'm going to sell you, and, some, and then finally, I just said, you know, I called him up, and I said, you know what, you're yanking my chain, and he said, you know what, I am, and he laughed, <laughs> and he said, this, this, this isn't fair to you, meet me in Canada tomorrow, and I'll sell it to you. <laughs> So I, wow. I called my brother-in-law, who's a lawyer, a state law lawyer, and he helped me draft something up. My, my husband's like, you're, you're not going to go and meet this guy who's been yanking your chain for, for three years to buy the domain. I'm like, oh, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah. So we, we actually, I actually didn't um, drive to him. We ended up uh, overnighting the stuff back and forth, and I, I literally bought it the next day. Um, and then after that, um, the capital, state capital of New York was available, albany.com. Everybody knew that I did this. Somebody called me and said, Hey, I think this ISP that owns albany.com is going out of business. Do you want it? I'm like, yeah, I do. So it kind of grew from there. Wow. So like in, in terms of time, so what t- kind of timeline are we talking about between these projects from one to the next? Are we talking, uh, you know, two years, five years or 
Yeah. So I think I bought like I bought I, I started Lake George, New York in 1999 and then saw, uh, finally bought Lake George dot com in, in 2000. And then uh, Saratoga dot com. I found out about it pretty soon after and it took me about four years to buy. I think I bought that in 2004. And then a couple more years to buy Albany.com. And I, I couldn't get other uh, pure geos for a while. So I built Adirondack.net out, which is the, the Adirondack Mountains is a, right. a you know beautiful um, uh, forever wild park in, uh, in upstate New York. So I built that out. And um, then I started building out wedding sites like George Weddings, the Saratoga Wedding, <laughs> and uh. golf sites. And, and restaurant sites, but truly the, the, the profitability lies in really staying focused on the main tourism sites and doing a good job with Albany.com. So but, interesting. So then how many how many tourism, I guess, and city guide websites are developed and operating to date? Um, we have 20, but I would say we really only focus on five. Um, I should focus on more, but we, because I got into the business so early, uh, we developed on a program called cold fusion, which is no, yeah. Um, and we developed so many fun, funky, really interesting, um, features into our sites. They're all run by one backend. We have our own, uh, CRM project management software, everything home built because there was nothing back then. Right. And um yeah, so we're still on that and we're trying to get off of it. So once we're off of that uh program and we've we've rebuilt, then I'll focus on the others a little bit more. Interesting. Interesting. So so 20 sites, you have five that you really focus on. So then in terms of profitability, like how many months or years, I guess, if we were just focusing in on those five, you know, how long did it take to become profitable with each of those developments? Um, Each one was profitable instantly, like um, really very quickly. Um, So definitely. So so I would say like the first six to nine months then. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. And, and, you know, based on the valuation of what you, you, you buy it as an investment over years, but yeah, I would say within, within the first year, let's just say, I'm not very good with numbers and finance, so <laughs> that's definitely not my strong point. <laughs> Some people know, oh, exactly. Here's where I got profitable. I was like, oh, I, my first year I was like, oh, I made money. This is so cool. You know? <laughs> um, so I, I never lost money. So I guess since day one, I, um, I, I always had a profit that was over the $10 per hour mark. So I was thrilled. And, um, of course it exceeded my expectations over, over the years. Right. And then I, and then I go, I mean, you've done, you've done well enough that you've hired, also hired a team, I would imagine. And you have a full Mm -hmm. digital marketing agency. So you've done quite well for yourself to say the least. Yeah, and we're we're kind of a weird. Uh, there, I don't know if there are any other businesses like us. I'd love to meet somebody who is exactly like us. But we're we're a weird company. We're we're one company, and and we are so interdependent. But there's one half of the house is a a, a, a classic digital agency. We do technical SEO, and there's 15 people on that side, and we are developing websites, doing technical SEO, doing SE, uh, you know, inbound marketing, search engine, paid search, search engine marketing, social e-newsletters, all that for clients on the client side. 
And on the other side of the house, we have this publishing business, which is like George.com and Saratoga.com, where we have writers and editors, and it's the same split. It's 15 people. So it's um, it's kind of equally split between the two businesses, but um, it works out. Wow. Now that's interesting because that, that kind of poses the question of, you know, just going that you, how you explained it is I look at that and I kind of go, you kind of get to eat your, your own dog food, if you will, in terms of trying out new things on some of these sites, but then being able to take it to the clients and probably vice versa as well. Things that you try out with clients, if it works well, then you probably take it over to some of these uh, tourism websites. Yeah, it's nice because we can truly, I mean, uh, you know, I can take a hotel and I can help them um, track their advertising revenue down to the ROI and help them with, I can make sure their website's designed to convert. I can make sure that they're found from, you know, in organic SEO and they're doing a good job with their paid search and their booking engines. And then on the other side, they can advertise on our guides. And I know that that works for them. So I can show them the ROI because I have full control working with them and we have a trusting relationship. Uh, so it is nice because we can truly be more, more full service than most where a client can call me and say, so Americade is a big, uh, motorcycle rally. They can call me up a month before Americade and say, I just had a huge group cancel and I have availability for Americade. And if you were just a, de- uh, a web developer and an, a marketer, you'd do paid search and it's expensive super expensive and it's slow and it's not going to, it's not just not going to perform as well. I can put them on my Americade guide tomorrow and boom, they have business. So I can truly help them and service my client in a way that, that makes is good for them and the visitor to the area who can't find, (laughs) can't find uh, lodging and availability during a super busy weekend. All of a sudden I have the last minute availability for them. Interesting. Now, do your sites, I guess, now, do they link together or are they kind of, I mean, obviously they're their own standalone sites, but do you cross link between mm-hmm. all of those destinations? Yeah, I mean, we do um, cross promote them. They are very different visitors, though. So um, we are one corridor from Albany to the Adirondacks. So if it's interesting. Our, our tourism is interdependent. People in Lake George will go to Saratoga. People in Saratoga will go to Lake George. People from Albany go to Lake George and, and the Adirondacks and Saratoga. So we try to leverage that and market them together, but without, um, we don't want to take away from one for the other. So we help, we, we, we do it in a very strategic way to help each other for sure, but we don't overly do it. But the back end is completely connected. So that if an advertiser is valuable, um, has value to two different destinations, we can put them in both places. So if somebody's going to drive to a ski area, that ski area might want to advertise along the entire corridor so we can help them. And I only have to input them in one place and it feeds out to all the sites. Interesting. Interesting. So because that... Yeah, that that is an interesting concept in in terms of having that one back in, but you're able to mm-hmm. uh, go to multiple, you know, multiple places. Uh, so mm-hmm. then in terms of like a, a the development projects in and of themselves, like which one uh, was the most challenging and why? Hmm. I would say um, it's really one development project <laughs> because it's. <laughs> It's one massive back end. And I, I'm going to, honestly, I still uh, am 
redeveloping the site and it's been ridiculously challenging because we're overly complicated. So, uh, I, that, that is challenging going from an older system to a completely new system is challenging even for a dev agency. (laughs) So, um, so I think it's really nice if you're starting from scratch, you have the world at your fingertips. It's so easy and you can um, develop on new modern technology. So we have a little bit of a, a dinosaur issue going on, but it also is a, a strength because we've developed things that no one else has. We have an event calendaring system that uh, is amazing. It, we can feed and people can choose from any city.com. Oh, I'm interested in events you know, in Lake George, Saratoga, and Albany, and they can get all of them. You can't get that anywhere where you have truly a comprehensive list, and we're that only we're that only solution. So we also work with our chambers, our city centers, all that, and they take our feed of events. And so we all have really consistent, phenomenal events calendars because we work together and we coordinate. But that's all because the technology in the back end is so good. But it's also a dinosaur technology, so it's kind of a catch twenty two. We it, it works really well, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that you can't find cold fusion programmers, so right. we have to get off of it. There's not gonna, they're, they're gonna die. <laughs> Nobody knows how to, to you know code this program. So yeah. Interesting, yeah, because yeah, I remember uh, work dating myself here, working with cold fusion. Um, Mm-hmm. some time ago it, it was probably around about the early 2000s and then kind of making that switch towards uh you know working with wordpress and so that yeah that's mm-hmm. that's one of those things of you have something so great yet the <laughs> it's the supply of people that is slowly you know drying up so that is interesting mm-hmm. so then in terms yeah. of obviously you have the technical challenges then like what did you it, I guess so if I'm looking at it at a macro level, like what is the greatest challenge in terms of operating and sustaining a geodomain uh, website or group of websites outside of the technical I, challenges? Well, I think um, for, sh- for sure, geodomains have changed. So in the old days, you just created a directory and you were the only place to find places to stay, things to do, restaurants, all that. And there's hotels.com. There's all these other places. And you are the only place to find events. And people post their events on Facebook and they find events on Google and there's Google Local. And so there's a lot more competition. Um, surprisingly, um, it has not really affected our, our traffic, it, uh, but we've had to work harder for it. Where before you just could slap up a website and bam, you, you were the ultimate source of everything. Now you really have to develop phenomenal content. People don't just want to find a listing. They want to know what you think. They want to, they want to read articles. They want to see photos. They want, they want influencer information. And we are that influencer. So we are the influencer for Lake George. We are the influencers for Saratoga. And so we've become much more editorially focused. And we have, um, you know, we have 5 million visitors to our website per year. They view 24 million web pages. So they do love the site and they come on and they're reading articles. They'll spend four, four minutes reading an article. And so um, it's more of it. We are now influencer marketing versus a directory. Uh, so I think it's more about, they still use our directory, which is amazing to me that we get 
you know, a hundred thousand people going to the hotel section to find a hotel when there's uh, hotels.com, but they want to see our take on it. They like our format. And so it works. <laughs> That's interesting. So it's really like you very much, like you said, then it's, so they're now finding the, the, they're, either finding it by way of search or it's being shared, but they're finding content mm-hmm. in which that is likely engaging them, which then kind of leads to, I guess, that whole directory um, mm-hmm. kind of yeah. a setup. So, so our, um, our writers will research things that people are interested in. So say they're interested in ice bars, we'll be like top five hotels with ice bars and we'll really you know, take what we have photography. We have great stories about those ice bars and when to visit and all of that which it makes it really easy for them to plan their, their vacation. And people are looking for really specific things that you really can't find on the big booking sites. And they have a little bit of a lack of trust of them. So they do want to read what we say about these, these different hotels and how, um, which ones we're recommending and what we're saying is special and unique about them because they don't necessarily know how the, the, the generic sites are just that they're generic and people want a little bit more rich information. Interesting. So then in terms of the, you know, kind of taking a step back to say, Hey, there are listeners likely out there. They live in different areas and they're thinking, well, man, if, if Sarah could do this, uh, you know, I could likely do it as well. So what key factors, you know, should someone be considering when assessing the feasibility of, you know, developing a website for geolocation or region? I would say the, um, the qualities you, you need to possess are um, you need to love the region and love the community and, and truly want to promote it as a, a tourism destination or a community. It doesn't even have to be a tourism destination. There are a lot of successful, very small businesses that, you know, that are highly profitable doing uh, small local communities. And it's about knowing what the community and the the visitor to that site is interested in and being a good writer and a photographer, it's all about the the visuals or having that access to that and having a partner that can do that part of it. Um, You do have to be great at content. So knowing content and loving content that at least to start, you need a partner that does that, or you need to do that yourself. Um, or be, you know, so you the biz dev side, the person who's going to go out and talk to people and, uh, and love the biz dev, but you're also going to have to have a really great content partner. Now that makes a lot of sense, which, which I was going to, it's kind of funny in terms of you leading from that content area, because then the other side of that obviously is, is the personal touch. It's kind of like you're, you're likely, I mean, you could, but you're likely not going to be able to stay behind a closed door and spend most of your time mm-hmm. just typing content and, uh, you know, making mm-hmm. things look pretty on a website. It's more like you're probably going to have to get out there into the community, especially if, once you start talking about um, advertisers or trying to secure those um, advertorial relationships. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Interesting. So then what, what are one to two things that you would say were just critical you know, to your geo development success? Mm, long hours. <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots of long hours when I started. Um, I, I think it's really 
for me, it, it's very the the farther away it is from from you physically, the harder it is to run a great geodomain because you really have to know what's going on in the community. And I, I think it's one of our unique selling points is we are within um, a 50 mile radius of all the domain names that we own. So we can go and take pictures. We know what's going on. We can listen at the chambers. You know, we can talk with the chamber chamber presidents about the new things coming in and we, we can work together to make our destinations powerful and you're part of the solution to bringing tourism in and um, versus being somebody who's just putting out a site that really doesn't have any depth. So I think it's really about loving your destination, being a part of it, being willing to be a part of it and writing great content. And I guess if it's, I'm sure you can make money without being near your destination, but that seems to be create, hard. But, but you can do, but you'd have to have lots of them. And, but if you're, you're not going to touch the, the, the revenue potential. Um, I, I, I kind of wonder if I just developed only one, if I would be the same amount of profitability as all 10, because, uh, there's so much opportunity, even within one domain name, you don't need to have 10 or 20. If you just do one really well, it will provide all the income you want, you, you, you hope for, I would imagine. And, um, interesting. And so it's like the whole instead of spreading them across 10 and, and only, I guess, having a, a shallow or only touching the shallow surface part, it's like, take the one and go as deep um, as yeah, possible. Take it's one like, destination. Like rewarding. Right. Like with, um, I, I think you interviewed Jessica. Uh, we both kind of have a little bit of the same uh, perspective of you can go deep in that one destination and right. we, and you can do a real estate specific. You can do golf specific. You can do a lot of things and they all tie together and it makes a lot of sense. And for me, my corridor of sites um, is a similar situation where it's really upstate New York. It's, it's a destination that they all share a lot uh, in, in common. So they work together. But I think if I had to then just start one in California, I wouldn't be as successful unless I was moving there. Interesting. So then in terms of obviously back in 1996 versus today, like, like what's different? Obviously there's a lot that's different, but in in terms of really looking at, you know, what's the one game changing thing that you go, Oh, had I had this one thing back then, I'd likely be even that much more successful. Oh yeah, I would have, if I had built a reservation platform uh, back then. So if oh, wow. I had, yeah, I think it, I think building your own reservation platform that uh, can do what the visitors want is a big endeavor. But I think there's a lot of opportunity there, and it, I think it still is because if you can. Um, pull into it or maybe buy one that's out there. That's good, but maybe not quite. Um, maybe, maybe it needs some tweaking. And, but I think there's still opportunity right there. If somebody wants to build one or want to, wants to partner with me on one, I'm, uh, I'm interested in, in that because there really isn't anything out there that you can own that does a great job that's ADA compliant for accessibility and everything else for, for a, a smaller business. Chambers need that pro, pro, 
that that as well. Every every destination in the country needs that so that this personal, beautiful influencer website can also um, sell versus using the booking.com engine and taking commission. Um, that doesn't really allow you the flexibility to be truly special. So that isn't built yet. So that's an idea for somebody <laughs> out there who's interested. Um, that's one thing. Um, there's probably more. Uh, I think I I had started doing reviews before um, before TripAdvisor and my and clients uh, flipped out and TripAdvisor came out and they were very upset and I wish I had gone bigger on those reviews <laughs> on the <laughs> review side. But, but my clients are like, no, people aren't going to write bad reviews. I'm like, eventually it'll all weigh out. But the future is people don't just want a hotel or a restaurant. They want a good one. So let's let the proof be in the pudding. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, that's changed a lot. But for today, what would what would I do differently today? I, I'm pretty happy. I think that it, just constantly being open to change and evolving as a domain developer and looking at what people want, who's coming to your site and really knowing them and just constantly figuring out what questions they ask. How can I make their life easier and creating, creating those solutions and every destination is going to be different. Uh, so finding what people are truly interested in and, and really kind of keep focusing more uh, even more and more on that. Oh, good deal. So, so then in terms of, and you touched on, you know, many things, but then even kind of looking forward, you know, so obviously there are listeners again, that they go, they hear you, they'll likely be taking notes and say, oh, okay, these are things that I need to be looking out for in terms of, of if I were to go start today for a given region or even down to a neighborhood. Um, but then how would you look at or describe whether or not geodomain development is lucrative? Obviously, we hear things in terms of uh, domain investing to where they say, oh, well, all the good domains are taken. Um, and of course, those guys are making um, money or the people are making money back then from the 90s who got in early. Of course, they're going to make their money today. But is it still possible to make a lucrative uh, living doing or launching a geodomain? Uh, today oh absolutely 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 you should absolutely do it if you have a pure geo or even you just love your community and you want to build one i i would say absolutely uh it's very profitable so yes and then in terms of of that it's like looking in now you know obviously there are different i guess you'd say different types of advertisers different businesses if you will um, now from what I've heard, obviously like having interviewed Jessica, having interviewed, um, Peter Askew, uh, and I want to try to run this past you just to even see if you'd be in agreement is that, you know, most of them, they were like, well, Hey, if you do go the geodomain, um, especially if it's tourism that you'd want to likely focus on hotels, um, or, or businesses with higher, um, profit margin versus mm -hmm. the, the lower end of the spectrum. So think in terms of going, well, a nail salon is likely not going to be able to provide what a hotel uh, can, or maybe mm -hmm. if that nail salon is a spa, you know? So <laughs> would you agree that it's, it's kind of one of those things to go, you have to really be targeted in, in terms of what advertisers you're, you're trying to reach or help your people reach? 
Yeah, that's such great advice. So um, I'm a bleeding heart and I want to help every small business, no matter how small, be successful. And that's yeah. really not a wise businesswoman decision because you spend 10, 10 times, 10 times more effort trying to make that small business person successful on a very tiny budget and you really don't make any money. And um, the larger companies, the larger hotels, the larger hotel groups, the uh, bigger, the bigger the attraction, the bigger the growth mindset of the client. Um, so, you know, we have a small um, winery, Adir- Adirondack Winery, and it's just a tiny little retail shop, t- very, very tiny. Uh, and the woman who owns this, Sasha, has a brilliant growth mindset. So she's created massive events for the Adirondack Food and Wine Fest and all that. But she doesn't question advertise, spending on advertising because she understands it. She wants to grow. She's, she started this tiny little business and she's grown it massively. And working with somebody that may be a small business but with a growth mindset that's totally fine. But working with somebody who says, you know, I only have $300 to spend. Well, you're, you are spending, you are wasting your time. Uh, so I think that advice of it, co- it, it costs so much less to do business with the larger, the larger, the bigger spenders in your area and focus your site towards that so that you're helping them. You're solving their problems. You're sending good quality leads to them. That makes you know, that makes all the sense in the world. And I think a lot of us get really wrapped up in, oh, I'm going to help this small little retailer that probably isn't going to be in business in four years because, you know, I'm a bleeding heart. And you have to think, well, how do I help? A rising tide helps all. So if I'm bringing more people to the hotels, if I'm selling the the bigger attractions, they're going to go into that retailer and that helps the community overall. And that's my contribution. And that's how I'm doing it. you know, and of course you can do your, 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 your gimmies. You can do a nice story on that, on that retailer, but that's not where you're going to make money. You're going to make money by focusing on, uh, definitely on the lodging sector, depending on, um, on the type of lodging you have in your area. The restaurants are hard, even restaurant owners are the busiest people on the planet. So they're hard to reach. So it's, oh, it's a lot of work for a little bit of of, of turn, unless it's the restaurant group that really gets it and they have their own internal marketing people, but attractions, larger attractions, really helping them out is, is critical. And uh, you can even create a program with your, your chambers and your groups where you're doing tourism promotion for them and they will invest to help their area grow. So you can, a lot of uh, domainers see the chamber as their competition and the chambers definitely will see you as competition and tell you, real, you, you kind of maybe show them the way of, you can actually work with us and we can help you and, and we can work together for the greater good. It is a little bit of compromise, but it's possible. Nice. So. Nice. So then wrapping up here. So obviously it's kind of like first things first, everybody has heard really all this invaluable uh, content that you've shared and thoughts and bumps and bruises and cuts and everything of your journey. So in, in terms of starting a website around, you know, a passion interest or business idea relating to a geodomain uh, website, where should someone start? Mm, 
I think the first thing is really finding the the top sites out there that you want to emulate, that the destinations are really similar and, and see what they're doing, talk to those people. Um, I'd love to start a mastermind group of, of geodomainers again. We, use, we I have... I have one of, of sorts, there's four or five of us who, who get together every, you know, every once in a while, but it's been too long. I think we do need to um, help each other and, be, and, and create a, a mastermind. So that's something I think I'll be doing in the next year. So I would pr- probably say that would be a good start because you do need to, t- to have people to look up to, to help you and to, to help you grow. Um, I would definitely do online research and, and see what are the, what are the numbers, how many people are searching for this, this, uh, this town, this destination, uh, what keywords are they looking into? I would, I would really want to know what people are, are asking the search engines and know, uh, and, and use that to formulate what, the site should revolve around, you, you know, so that you're really using um, analytics to help drive that. Um, so, yeah, I think that would be m- my idea, but I would just say, just do it. Like <laughs> Jessica once said, uh, somebody, somebody said, you know, um, how do you, you know, how did, how do, how do you, you know, run every day? And she says, I just put my shoes, sneakers on and, and I go. <laughs> And once I have my sneakers on, I have to go, you know, it's like, so don't wait for anything, just do it. Don't overthink it. Just start it. And, but as you start it, do the research, do everything, but just make yourself do it tomorrow because the longer you wait, the harder it will to be, it will be to be successful. So don't wait, dive in. If an influencer who all they do is, you know, take pictures and write a little bit of copy with no domain name, no value, you know, nothing that's truly memorable can be successful and make millions of dollars. Imagine what you can do with a good domain name, um, a great business mind and being very targeted to that destination. It's, it's totally possible. So go for it. That is awesome. Just do it. Just go out and do it. Because if not, (laughs) if not, somebody else will. Uh, I mean, Put your Nike sneakers on and just do it. We now have a, <laughs> let's go after them for some, uh, some sponsorship dollars. Some sponsorship dollars of this podcast. This podcast is brought to you by. <laughs> just do it. Oh my goodness. That, yeah. No, that is phenomenal. And so I guess, is there anything else that you'd like to share with listeners? If they have any additional questions or, you know, how, how might they contact you or where might they find you? Um, you can contact me at Sarah at LakeGeorge.com. Uh, if you ever come up to upstate New York, don't hesitate to look me up. We'll go out, have lunch on the lake. It'll be beautiful. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, don't, don't, don't hesitate to contact me. Thank you. Certainly, certainly. And so with that, <laughs> we're out of time. So Sarah, thank you again for joining us today and sharing your entrepreneurial journey, developing domains into proven profitable businesses. Thank you. Yeah, certainly. And listeners, thank you for tuning in to Kickstart Commerce, where we share search marketing and domain name strategies to help grow your business. Please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Podbean. Last but not least, please visit kickstartcommerce.com to subscribe to the newsletter sharing tips and tricks about the disciplines of digital strategy. Thanks, and that's all for now.